Let us pray. Gracious loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks this chance to hear your word. God, we give you thanks. You speak to us through time and space. God, guide us. We may be faithful servants of you. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Good evening, friends, um, and welcome uh, to another edition of a Scripture Talk. Uh, we are, uh, it's its just the original cast um, uh, this throwback evening. Throwback Monday. It's Throwback Monday. Uh, for those of y'all who, who kind of, you know, don't know, this is how Scripture Talk started. It was, uh, it was just Scott and I, um, and... Uh, it was a video only. It was a video primary show. It was it was a lot, um, and so we. Uh, 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 Stacy is uh, not feeling well. I suspect he has uh, the the same flu that's going around uh, to everybody everybody else. That's why I've been uh, yeah. been weirdly weirdly short staffed. I'm two days into this week, um, and I've been weirdly what weirdly short staffed this whole week. Um, it's because just there's a flu going around, um, and then Brandy um, uh, had had a personal thing um, that uh, you know sounded like a good time, and so. Uh, she deserves a break when she can get one. Yes. Um, and so that means I am Pastor Trey Comstock, and with me, as ever, is Pastor Scott Ketchot. Um, and again, yeah, this is like three and so, a half years ago. I was going to say three and a half years three ago. Half years it started ago, off like this. We launched the show um, again as a as a heavily produced video show that was fun for me as an editing exercise, um, but not necessarily for anything else. Yeah, pra- um, the practicality of getting up and all of that so it was many very hours, hours consuming. Well, because the recording, you know, the recording took what it took, right? Except for that one time when we had to record it twice. Uh, <laughs> yes, good times. Good times. Uh, good times. Good times. Good times. Good times. Um, and so, uh, anyway, so we lasted a couple months in that format, and then I realized I didn't have four hours a week um, to make a video, which was that was what it took, right? When you were doing yeah. a true, true two-camera edit, that's like four hours of editing. Um, which is even fast. That that's fast for producing a twenty-minute video. Four yeah. hours is does not sound remarkably speedy, but in editing world, it is. Um, so by November of twenty eighteen is when we moved to this format. Um, it as a live podcast, and guess what? It became a lot more sustainable. Turns out, podcasting um, rather than heavily produced things is the way. Um, yeah. Anyways, our uh, scripture this evening, uh, let's do the thing we came here to do, right? Our scripture this evening is uh, Philippians chapter 4, uh, verses 17, uh, three uh, verses, excuse me, Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, through Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, join me, join in imitating me, and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. For many have many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I have often told you of them, and now I tell you even with tears. Their end is destruction. Their God is the belly, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And it is from that, from there, that we are expecting a Savior, the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation so that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. So this is uh, this is one of those passages. Um, whoa. Too many, too many things. Um, this is one of those passages um, where it is blink or you blink and miss which what's really going on. Yeah. Right. So this is 
Um, uh, Philippians is a church that is um, suffering in some way. Um, there seems to be some sort of conflict that is spilled out um, into deeply impacting that church. Um, and uh, Paul is writing to encourage them, right? He, he really, um, Philippians, where Galatians, he's mad. Philippians, he's being super supportive. Um, this is a church he really loves um, and is writing to try and encourage them. And here it is, um, I, I, we get, he gets, he and his, uh, co, you know, whoever his ghostwriter, I forget who his ghostwriter is on this one, um, who is the secretary, secretary, rather, I forget who the secretary is in this one, but whoever the secretary, that's the we, right, Paul is, it's not the royal we, it's, yeah. there, there's a secretary. Um, I, like, I get that you are hurting, I get that things are rough, I get that things are hard, um, but, uh, don't worry, uh, because uh, if you hang on, there is this reward, and those who look like they're sitting pretty now uh, will not be sitting so pretty. I, I, I like that image, right? Um, uh, the, what is it about their bellies, right? The, um, um, uh, their God is <laughs> the is belly, belly, is the belly, yeah. right? Like, that's a beautiful way um, to phrase that. So there is, uh, this is one of those places where Paul is, look, there is more to this life um, than just what you see on the outward appearance. Um, there is depth um, in a Christian life um, that you don't want to miss out on. Uh, this is one of those that he's with Timothy. I just okay, thank you. I, I yeah, glanced, yeah. looked it up. Um, so I, I like how you also have the reason that we need accountability and the reason it's good to have, you know, church fathers. Those are further along in mentorship with this because one Paul isn't being you know stuck up or egotistical hey follow me but no he he's saying not just him but those that are showing good examples and then we see him mentioning those that are bad examples I mean he's like you, you're gonna have bad examples right yeah yeah so you might as well look to the good examples to help offset that and we see a little bit of Paul's heart in this and you know it, you know because you wonder why is he being tearful? And it, and I think there could be possible multiple reasons. Tearful of them not seeing the reality of what the gospel offers. Uh, tearful about what that could mean if they never come to that realization. Uh, even tearful about how their actions affect people in the church that may or may not have been looking to them. Because it kind of, he makes this mention that he's talked about them multiple times. So it kind of gives this idea that maybe he's referring to specific individuals that these people know and it's been going on. Yeah, it does seem, I mean, it does seem that Paul knows, know, he knows the lay of the land, right? This yeah. is a church he's close to. And so you got to, like letters don't come out of nowhere, right? And news doesn't reach him out of nowhere. And so you can imagine there was a preceding letter that kind of laid out what the situation is. And these are like, this is often what makes Paul's stuff hard to read. Um, or hard to parse yeah. um, because like Corinthians is this way, right? So Corinthians, Paul probably wrote four letters to the Corinthians of which we have three and we've coalesced them into two, two, two right? So like um, there is more than one, there's more than two letters spread out between first Corinthians and second Corinthians. We, and there's a lot of scholarly debate as to where the breaks are, right? So like he refers to one, you know, in first Corinthians, he refers to a letter that has already happened. Yeah. Um, and so there's multiple, there is, there, there's often more 
more happening than we get preserved. And so here we can imagine a letter sent from the Philippians or news, whether it is sent in letter form or envoy form, mm-hmm. right? News coming from the Philippian church. Um, hey, here's the issue we're having. Here it is in detail. Uh, you know this person, you know this person, you know this situation, there's this group. Um, and then Paul is writing, assuming the people who are receiving it know all of these things. But we, 2,000 years later, very much do not know all of these things. And so it really, like, it is part of like the, oh yeah, you know the thing. No, No, Paul, we don't. don't. Your original audience does. Um, and, And so you have to be, you have to be, understand your limits as in when you're reading one of Paul's letters um, that is meant to truly be a situational letter, you have to be limited in the assumptions you make about it, right? So like yeah. the Corinthians are situational letters. Romans is not a situational letter. Mm-hmm. Rome didn't write to Paul. Rome doesn't know Paul. Paul <laughs> is writing to the Romans. It's what makes Romans so usable as a book of Christian theology because yeah. Paul has to write in whole thoughts, in a way that Paul is not writing in whole thoughts in <laughs> Philippians or in the Corinthians because he is respond. We have to like a little bit into it, what he's talking about. So there's some kind of conflict. Yeah. We can't lay our hands fully on what that conflict is. Um, but some kind of conflict is getting the Philippians down. And Paul is in this case, writing to encourage, um, and there also is this, like, Paul, you, you kind of touched on something, right? Like, he's using himself as an example, yeah. which is dangerous, right? Which yeah. is, which, from a preaching perspective, is a dangerous and difficult thing to do because you have to, especially in this time, um, you have to point people at an example. Yeah. But there, I can, when I am preaching, I can pull upon 2,000 years of Christian history um, and uh, an entire Bible of stories to point to, right? And, and so I, I often do not want to use myself um, as an example. But like Paul's a little stuck yeah. because he might be, for some of these folks, the first Christian man that any of these guys have met. Um, and if that's the case, then he kind of does have to point to himself. And mm-hmm. this is where like he. He doesn't just use himself as positive example. We've read scriptures recently where he is using himself as a less than positive example. But yeah. early on in Christianity, sometimes you got to go, well, um, you have this from me. Um, and so, you know, and you certainly there are, Paul will tell you the places he struggles in his walk. But like being a devoted follower of Jesus and a devout follower of Jesus is not a place that he struggles. And so, yeah, uh, in some real way, yeah, you can look at him for that. And he throws out there and observe those who live according to the example you have also in us. So he was mentioning you and others that are on this walk. Uh, Further down around uh, 20, uh, our citizenship is in heaven. That's one of those places where he's reminding us that, you know, especially in there underneath the Roman Empire, it's like, hey, we're here, but our citizenship is in heaven, which is interesting coming from Paul, who makes use of his Roman citizenship to accomplish some things yeah. uh, in his, in later on. So he he uh, he has a full understanding of what citizenship means because he was a Roman citizen. And so he's pointing out the fact of, hey, though we're in this world, we're not of this world. Keep that in mind of where our perspective and where we're supposed to be is. Well, and I, this is another one. This is you know, where your primary, where your primary allegiance is yeah, and where like your primary, like 
reward, privilege, whatever it is. If you are, if your citizenship is primarily in this world and things are not going well in this world, um, then that's a problem, right? That's a thing to be yeah. deeply concerned about. But if your citizenship is in heaven and your primary loyalty is in heaven and therefore your primary reward is in heaven, even if there are struggles in this life, you can know that, you know, again, some glad morning when this life is or I'll fly away. Um, but it is also understanding who you, this is also where Paul is going with this is who you serve, right? If you are primarily serving things in this world, that's going to look different um, than uh, than if we are um, primarily serving the things of God. Like it's going to give your, what you do in this life mm-hmm. will be different and your expectations of this life can be different if you understand that your primary purpose is in serving God, being a citizen of heaven, which is a subject of God, that that your primary allegiance is not, in this case for the Philippians, being a subject of the Roman emperor. Yeah. And uh, we, we have a comment on there that says, we're, we're on a life temporary passport. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's kind of what it is. Um I have a question for you because in one of the wordings in there, it talks about uh, the body of our humiliation. God will you know, sure bring the body of our humiliation, and and I'm kind of wondering because you know I hadn't you know part of what makes this live is that we're getting yeah. some of our first digs into it, and so I'm sitting here wondering: is he referring to the frailty of our body bringing humiliation, or do you think he's referring to something else in that uh, part? So I it, it is without digging super deep it is tough to know but you know that the philippians themselves are are themselves being humiliated yeah right and so whether this we're never in the new testament it's never clear like how literally physical the uh, any persecution or suffering is we know right. that um, Paul reflects on some of his own like you, you know the idea of the thorn in his side right like he has yeah. some sort of f- ongoing physical issue that uh, for him ends up helping him clarify his faith and so this could be a reference to that um, but this also could be a reference more broadly to. That like, look, the the human can. There is innate. There is suffering that is a part of the human condition. Yeah. Or there is pain that is a part of the human condition. Um, and as I'm going to talk about, um, in, you know, continue to talk about in the marriage class in you know 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, that uh, for humans, um, uh, physical suffering and emotional suffering are the same. Yeah. Right. And so this could be a reflection, Paul's reflection on, you know, the thorn in his side. But whether the Philippians are suffering physical uh, persecution um, or suffering merely uh, social persecution, uh, the way the brain is wired, the idea that sticks and stones may break some of my bones, but words will never hurt me, or is the biggest lie, yes. uh, biggest lie we tell. Right. So one way or another, both Paul and the Philippians are suffering some sort of humiliation. Paul suffers both kinds of humiliation, right? He suffers directly physically for the gospel um, in terms of the thorn in his side, um, in terms of... Being stoned. Being stoned. Shipwrecked. shipwrecked, Right, the list, and eventually 
killed. killed. Um, <laughs> and imprisoned prior and pr- to that. Imprisoned yeah. prior to that. <laughs> imprisoned more than more once. Than. Uh, the list goes on, right? But also there is the um, the social person interpersonal rejection, which again, for the human mind and spirit is experienced the same. We are, um, you can think of it from a brain chemistry perspective that we are naturally social creatures, or you can say that God designed us to be in community. Those are actually the same statement, right? Right. Um, Oh, humans are social animals. That's why they like gathering. And says the atheist scientist, to which I go, yeah, dog, that's what the Bible says that too. Like, that does that is does not refute. That is why that is why church works. That is why yeah. church is important. Uh, it is just merely to me part of God's design of us. Like I always, as I dig into, I love digging into kind of brain science. Um, but to me, it merely revol- It is merely the mechanisms by which God designed us to function the way we do. Well, and it plays into uh, God Himself being a unique individual that exists in community. Right. Yes. Exactly. The Trinity. So community is important to Him. And uh, Paul, in the midst of this regardless of the humiliation, look to us, as he always does, throws how God is there to help us in it. He is the ultimate example and will take that body of humiliation and make it a glorified one in himself. Well, and this is, and this is where Paul does get to serve as a really good example, mm-hmm. right? Um, whatever the Philippians are going through, and, and Paul, keep it, let's be clear, Paul is not minimizing it, right? No. Paul does not go, and I've had so much worse, brothers and sisters. No, <laughs> it is Paul saying, like, you can look to me because I've been there. Yeah, you're, you're not on this alone. You're not the only one. I might not get exactly where you're at, but I've been through some stuff too, and we're all in that same boat. We're all in that same boat, and regardless of your suffering... There is also more to this life. Yeah. And and this is where you have to understand that the Christian life involves suffering in part because pushing the kingdom of God forward um, inherently involves suffering. If it didn't, uh, it would already have been done, right? That <laughs> there, is a, there is an aspect to the Christian life that is involves a unique amount of suffering because we are trying, if we are doing our life right, we are pushing up against the forces of evil. We are pushing up against the powers of this world. Um, we are using, we are converting God's strength within us to fruits of the spirit that moves the kingdom of God forward. Um, and, you know, that literally killed Jesus and many of our ancestors. And so um, that pushing the kingdom of God forward involves some suffering. The other thing is, and this I think is also part of what Paul is getting at, is that all human life involves suffering. Whether you serve God or your belly, there will be suffering, right? Um, family members will die. A physical disease, injury can happen to your body, emotional distress. Like there is just a certain body of suffering um, that is inherent, not just to people who write Russian novels, uh, but it happens to everybody, right? Um, it's why there is so much darn depressing literature out there. Uh, yeah. So much, so much of human art and literature reflects on suffering because there isn't a, and why, Christ coming as a human being matters um, because there is a certain amount of human life that is suffering, whether you are uh, with God um, or not, right? Mm-hmm. And there is also additional suffering that comes from serving God. I'm never going to bat that away. Um, but in a Christian life, there is more to it 
there is more to this than suffering. There is a literal higher purpose. Yeah. Um, and finding that higher purpose brings joy, brings, as Paul will write later in Philippians, talking about endurance, talking about um, what we can accomplish with Christ who is within us, right? That there is, a, why I've pulled this scripture for this series is talking about um Everyone's wondering, is there more to this life? Christians don't have to wonder. In Christ, there is, is. there is by its nature, more to this life. I uh, found some uh, irony in, uh, cons- you know, we're, we're in the season of Lent, and uh, people different ways are observing that and stuff. And I, the, the wording of uh, the God of your belly. Yes, I is, love that. Is, it's so it, good. It's funny. If, for those that may be out there fasting or whatever, uh, yes, it's a good little reminder of, you know, don't give in. Yeah, Hang yeah. in there. Yeah. You know, and, and, of course, he's not just referring to just hunger, but any self-indulgence at all. But, yeah. Well, he, again, it is It is this. This is a, a very brief but pointed reflection on um, on the depth of a Christian life yeah. and the shallowness um, without it. Right? That, again— if all you have it's what's is what is what is right in front of you, it is easy enough to understand why you think all the world is meaningless. Yeah. Right? That part of the human need for meaning making is p- supposed to, I think, as part of how God wires us to find God. Right? Mm-hmm. That if we have that, I I had this as a working in public health. You have to really like. You have to really push these folks sometimes because I, so we got in this really, I remember I got in this really pointed argument um, about uh, why everyone was taking, why people would buy DVD players before they would buy food. Um, okay. And that sounds yeah. on the surface of it. That sounds stupid. Right. That, right. I'm going somewhere with it, but um, it sounds dumb. Right. That like you would. This may be how I set up the sermon on Sunday. I don't know. Um, I've thought about I've kicked this as I was like putting the series together and yeah. designed this one. That the, the, the argument between vegetables and DVD players um, it comes to my mind, because um, if you assume um, I'm going to silence that group thread as soon as I get off the show, um, if you assume that all life is about only about survival, which is the general, like, which is what public health defaults do because yeah. it's their axe to grind. Like, I, I understand it, right? I, I did manage, despite my conflicts, I did manage to graduate, right? Like, and so they, their perspective is informed by to maximize life, it is to maximize the longevity, the physical longevity of life. Yeah. Um, which is where then me, as resident theologian um, and resident annoying person, goes, now wait a second. Um, objection, counselor. Uh, there is more to this life uh, than what goes into your belly. Yeah. Um, and I would rather that turn into religious observance, but a DVD player speaks to a human need. <laughs> the purchase of a DVD player, even when you're starving, um, or the homeless person putting minutes on their smartphone, um, rather than getting a place to stay for the night, speaks to the human need for something more than what is right. There is an innate human need for what more than what is right in front of you. And that, I think, is, you know, to pull some C.S. Lewis stuff here, is part of that in that innate need to seek out God. Now, you can, you know, 
you can that can take forms that are wildly unhealthy um, from you know buying DVD players when you're starving rather than going to church to uh, buying hallucinogenic drugs right like we have found a thousand unhealthy ways to do yeah. to worshiping the Roman emperor right like we have found a lot of unhealthy ways to short short circuit this instinct that is within us that I actually think is our innate seeking of God uh, yeah um, when did I see I Names are leaving me, but I think it's Maslow's hierarchy of. Law. It's Maslow, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's Maslow. And uh, you've got the hierarchy of needs, and the very bottom base one is where's your food, shelter, and all yes. of that. And it comes progressively going up to self actualization and seeking that that is beyond. And I think you're 100 percent right. That is all. All of this seeking nature that we have is ultimately part of that tied into us knowing that there's more out there yeah. and wanting to find it. And so, but I, so I have I. I Okay, I am not a, an eminently famous psychologist, unlike Maslow. <laughs> but I don't actually think that's quite how it works. Yeah. I don't actually think, or else they would buy food and they wouldn't buy DVD players. Exactly. Right? And so those needs are presented as this very, that the a homeless shelter I worked at, there was literally um, in the office, was the pyramid, was the Maslow's hierarchy of needs pyramids, right? Yes. Um, and I think it's a little messier. Most things in psychology are. I think yes. it's a little messier. And I have, I'll be, I'll also confess, I have read Maslow's original work. It's a million years ago. So yeah. Maslow may qualify this, and I just don't remember them doing so. Uh, but my point is, like, there is this hierarchy of needs, but they are not as cleanly like that seeking a higher purpose. Um, I think that's always in us, yeah. whether regardless where we are, right? We know we're missing, even when we're starving, we know we're also missing something more. That's why you buy a DVD player before you buy additional vegetables. Well, yeah. And I think it also has to do with the context of what he was using. You see it a lot in teaching where they're looking at what causes yeah, yeah, these yeah, 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 to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, difficult to achieve. Well, if this bottom isn't being met, it's harder. Yeah. But I do think it's it's not as much of a pyramid of a step stone. They kind of all blend into each other and all of those areas. So, but all of the answers are there in Jesus. They're there in Jesus, and and that instinct to need more, right? Like this is this is part of what makes the human animal unique. Yeah. Right. Um, that we have this, um, you know, foxes, relatively intelligent animals, ravens, right? Ravens, very, very smart. Ravens don't go to art school, right? <laughs> Orcas that have language that can like that verbally teach um, in yeah. Orca, uh, verbally teach skills to their children, um, do not have punk rock, right? Um, or religion. Right. That even this is this is one of those places where we start to separate out human. You can call it created in the image of God. You can call it consciousness. You yeah. can call it whatever. I, I think all of those are, the, are, are words for the same thing. Um, this is what makes us this innate desire for something more is clearly what separates us from all other creatures that we can identify, right? And then we got some pretty darn smart ones here on this planet. Yeah. Labradors, um, orcas, dolphins, ravens, um, some terrifyingly smart animals. Um, border collies, right? Are about as smart as an average two-year-old. But none of them go to art school, right? None of them create modernist art. 
um, that mm-hmm. we know of. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so all of this like meaning making to me is part of what it is to be created in the image of God and part of that hardwiring to seek something more. Now you can find it in Oprah um, or you can find it where you're supposed to find it in Jesus, right? But like that is, that is all, or you can find it in the DVD player you bought when you're starving. But like it's all part of the same thing. Anyways, this is as good a place <laughs> as any to bring this show um, in for a landing. Uh, thank you. Uh, there, you know, there was more psychology on this show than you really thought. Yeah. Um, and it's not the psychologist uh, that brought it up. Um, thank you so much uh, for joining us. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, uh, we got to figure out scheduling. I just realized okay. um, it will not, not be Monday surprised. night because I will be on vacation. Um, but there will be a show next week and hopefully it will be with the full crew. You're, you're allowed those? Uh, yeah. Um, it turns out that's, three weeks. That's, that's helpful. That's three nice weeks a year. Um, you get two. You're, you get two weeks. I get three. Uh, I've been in longer. Um, but anyways, uh, we will be back. If you have a feedback for this show, uh, post it here on Facebook, over on our YouTube channel, um, on our website, palestinegrace.com/videos. You can email us at gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. If you'd like an audio-only version of the show, just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church in your podcatcher of choice. Um, and we will be back sometime next week. Probably Sunday, but I don't know that yet. Um, In the meantime, also, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And fear not. Stay well. God is with us. Can't see what we look like. (laughs) Because that monitor is blanked out. Probably best. It's always best. (laughs) 